about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, take your Bible this morning. We're just going to see what happens here, how this goes. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. All right, take your Bible. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. very difficult to study for Wednesday nights for eight weeks on teaching on miracles without some of it splashing over into the morning, Sunday morning sessions. So we're in splash mode right now. Second Timothy chapter one, are you there? All right, take your Bible, stand up or your phone or your tablet or whatever you, whatever you got anymore. You can't even say that anymore. Hold your Bible up. Say, this is the word of God. Not tradition. Not man's opinion. Not subject to debate. This is a living word. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. I am who he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. And I have what he says I have. And if I'll just believe it, this morning, this afternoon, tomorrow, the next day, I will see the manifestations of the Spirit of God all over my life. In Jesus' name. All right, you may be seated. All right, we're going to start this this morning. It's obvious we're not going to get through these 16 scriptures this morning, so we'll just start with one and go from there. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's just move back to verse 6. It's wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a, and of a sound mind. Now, about all of us know this scripture. All of us have seen this scripture many times. We quote the scripture. We talk this scripture. But notice what it's talking about, some things that you really need to focus on. Number one, basically, the spirit of fear is a spirit. Say a spirit. How many know that you are a spirit? Everything that you deal with basically is from the spiritual realm. Angels are spirits, the Holy Ghost is spirit, God is spirit, and you are a spirit in a physical body. The only difference is you have a right to be on earth because you live in a physical body. The devil has no right to be on earth. Matter of fact, God has really no right to be on earth unless he comes in a physical body, which Jesus did. That's what gives you authority. That's what gives you power. So he said there is a spirit of fear, and it did not come from God. Now, if it did not come from God, I don't want it. I just want what comes from God. But what did God give me? He gave me a spirit of love, power, and a... Now notice, a spirit of love has been placed on the inside of you, and we'll talk about that later. But also, he gave you a spirit of power. Say power. Now, here's the thing. We quote this scripture, but if God really wanted to give us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind, then apparently he wanted us to use what the spirit brought to us when we got the spirit. 
In other words, he expects us to live a love life. He expects us to live with a sound mind, and he expects us to operate in power. Say power. power. You want to say power like a real church? Power. Thank you. Thank you. I thought I was next door or someplace else for a little bit, but now I've come back to where I belong here. Praise God. Yeah, power. He has given us power. Why does he give us power? Because what we deal with is spiritual. We deal in the supernatural realm and we need supernatural power to operate. We just don't want to be Christians who get saved and go to church and and play bingo and do all that stuff. We want to operate in the gifts that God gives us and he has given us power. The Bible says when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive Power. power. Thank you very much. Praise God on the inside of you. That word power is ability. It's supernatural power of God. It's power for signs, wonders, and miracles. And for you to be a ruler in the spirit realm, you have already been given power, praise God. Now, what does the devil want to do? He wants to stop your power. I mean, that makes sense, don't it? He wants to make sure your mind is not sound. He don't want you walking in love, and he wants to stop your power. So how does he do that? He brings distractions before you to get your eyes off of what God gave you and look at your surroundings so that it disassociates you with the power of God because you get off into worry and get off into fear. Hallelujah. What is fear? Fear is false information. No, false evidence appearing real. Say false evidence appearing real. See, that's fear. Now, notice, if that's true and the devil's been around a lot longer than most of the TV stations, the TV stations didn't start fake news. He did. Is that right? He's been coming up with fake news for years. It's just that he's now infiltrated some places who are using him as a mouthpiece to get rid of fake news. I remember when I first got born again on fire for God and watching TV and, and of course, watching ministers and who were teaching me and training me up because I was still in a denominational church that was not training me up at all, praise God. And once I saw Benny Hinn on TV and we started going to Benny Hinn's place and uh, we got there and I always tried to get in and sit in the, the top balcony in the front row so that I could see everything. That was my, everybody tried to run down below and get in. I was smarter than that. I went up above where I'd get a good seat. And I went in there and did that. And I was sitting there and about the fifth or sixth week we were there, Benny started laying hands on people, you know, and I was watching and all at once God said, Tom, that's you. And I said, no, Lord, that's Benny Hinn and left, didn't think anything about it. And we went back the next week, and he started doing it again. I said, all at once I heard in my spirit, Tom, that's you. I said, no, Lord. I thought, my God, what a confusing God we've got here. That's <laughs> Benny Hinn. And I went the next week, and all at once it registered to me, through my lightning-fast brain, that I found out he was telling me that I could do what he could do, that I had the same spirit that he had, that I had the same ability that he had. The only difference was he was operating in what he had, and I had no idea if I even had it. Hallelujah. I mean, you know, everybody, I know how many Christians, I don't know how many there are who are born again, but every single born again believer has the power of God on the inside of them by the Holy Spirit. But I'm seeing very little. See, there's no evidence of it, but it's in there. And if God wanted me to have the power and gave me the power, then he probably expects me to. Use the power that he gave me in my life. So basically, I want to do that, but I've got to stay away from news that basically takes me back, that puts me into worry, that makes me fearful, does all this. So that's why in this scripture here, he showed you what he gave you, and he also showed you what to stay away from. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of love, power, and a... All right, go to Genesis chapter 3. You spend time in your word, spend time under the anointing of God and the teaching of God, even on Wednesdays. What I want to do is I want to expand your mindset to things that you've never seen. Am I losing this? 
to see things that you've never seen before, that your mind gets expanded because God can only do in your life what you actually expect and think about. In other words, he's just not going to knock you on the floor, and if you don't speak in tongues or don't know anything about it, he's just not going to knock you down, grab your tongue, and make you go. He doesn't do that, basically. As your mind expands, as he expands it to the things of God and the ability of God, the more it expands it, the more the ability on the inside of you will back up what you now believe. The Bible says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to those that believe. So the power of God is in the gospel. It's in the good news. It's in teaching you things. But if you ain't going to believe what the word says about you, then you're not going to see the manifestation. Are you following me? So what's he doing? He's constantly stretching our minds. I mean, at first I had to get over the fact that people were speaking in tongues at the meeting I went to. We went to the, the Catholic charismatic prayer meeting and everybody's speaking in a language I didn't even and we'd never been to anything like that before. And my gosh, I didn't know what was going on. And we left, looked at each other, and we, we came into agreement. We said, we're never going back there again. <laughs> but once again, we, we talked about the, the spirit of truth on the inside of you on Wednesday night, who gives you a witness of the real truth. So even though our heads were saying, we ain't going back there, our spirit was saying, that's it. That's what you need. That's where you should be. And thank God this was louder than this. Or I'd have never went back there before. So I went back. We ended up getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and everything that they do. And it changed our life. But our thinking had to be expanded. How I many you know if you're going to operate in the power of God, there's a difference in our minds between laying hands on someone with a hangnail and someone who's dying? See? Well, if they got a hangnail, send them my way. We're going to put a sign up, hangnails only. But how many you know the power of God in you doesn't care? Whether it's a hangnail or whether it's terminal, the power of God's still bigger and stronger, and Jehovah's bigger than that, praise God, and He can take care of it, but He can't take care of it if we're blocking Him with our thought life and the way that we think in our life. He can't do that. So we're trying to open your minds up to bigger things to let you become who you're supposed to be, the ability that you have on the inside of you, the power that you have on the inside of you, the anointing that God has given you on the inside, and the Spirit of God's on the inside of you. The more you let your mind open up, the more access God has into your life. All right, Genesis chapter 3. All right, look at verse 7. Talking about Adam and Eve, and the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons, and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees in the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Now notice, this is the first time we ever see someone who was in relationship with God all at once lost his relationship with God. Why is that? Because he disobeyed what God wanted to do in his life or disobeyed eating off the tree. And when he did that, notice his nature changed from a faith and presence nature of God to a nature of fear. Say fear. fear. So this is when fear actually came to mankind and in mankind so that man was more of a fear person than a God person. So he was feared. So notice, notice what happened here. God comes along and, and Adam says, well, I hid myself. I hid myself because I was what? Afraid. Say afraid. So since he was afraid of God now, since he was afraid of the things of God, he, he hid himself from the things of God, basically even God had things for him that he wanted him to have. Are you following me? So praise God, when I was brought up 
I was always told that, and you hear people talk like this all the time, I was such a sinner, I drank, I cussed out all night doing all this stuff that God didn't want to have anything to do with me whatsoever because I was such a rotten, filthy, dirty sinner. And people say I'd come to your church, but if I come in, the walls would fall down because God would crush me because of this and that. But notice here, if you read the Bible, say read the Bible. Bible. Notice it says here that God did not hide from Adam. No, Adam hid from. And God was the one searching for Notice, even before I was born again, I can look back now and see where God was actually chasing me down. And I didn't even know it at the time. I thought I'd have to do a bunch of real good things just so he'd even look my way, praise God. I had no idea that he was pursuing me at that time because I was told he didn't want to have nothing to do with me. And maybe I could sneak in the back door sometime and get in there. But notice, God was after you since the day you were born. He was chasing you down since one. They came out with a book years ago that said God Chasers. Remember that book? It was a very good book. I'll tell you, if God wrote a book today, he'd put people chasers. Why is that? Because he's chasing people. He's after. If you think your loved ones aren't being haunted, if I can use that word by the Holy Ghost, oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. Spirit of God's witness, he's coming after him. He's talking to him. He's trying to get him to understand. He's trying to get, he's bringing people by him all the time and trying to do that. Why is that? Because God is after them. And notice what separated him. Fear. Say fear. So fear is definitely a problem in our lives. Even after we get born again, how many know we still basically live in fear because fear is not really in your spirit. It's in your thought life and in your mind. So what does God want to do? The first thing, he wants to lead you and guide you into all truth. Why? So that you get free from fear. And the more fear you get free from, the more you'll be able to operate in spiritual things rather than in natural things. All right, go to Exodus chapter 3. Thank you, Debbie. Praise God. I'm getting some response from you here. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Lordy, 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 Lordy. All right, Exodus chapter 3, are you there? This is when the children of Israel were basically in Egypt. Verse 7, And the Lord God said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows and am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a land, good land and large land flowing with milk and honey. So here we see they were in bondage, they were in Egypt. God looks down and sees them, says, I am going to come down and I am going to do what? Deliver them. Look at verse 9. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come upon me, and I have also seen the oppression of my people. The Egyptians oppress them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. Now here, notice here's God. God sees his people in trouble, makes a promise that he's going to come down and deliver them, but then he calls on poor Moses to do the job. Now, if you've got the idea that your job is to pray so that God will do, you're in trouble. Because we are the doers. And until you understand that you are the doer, you're going to continue to expect God to do something that he's given you the power and authority to do yourself. And because the church has talked like that and thought like that for years, everybody just thinks, I'm going to pray and God's going to do it. Well, God wanted to deliver them. Notice he came to Moses and said, you're going to deliver them. You're the one I'm going to use. And it's the same way today. 
He's going to use his church in this day and hour. He's going to use you in this day and hour. If people are going to get healed, if the power of God is going to be manifested, it's going to come through you. It's not going to come through a God or an angel flying down someplace. You have a responsibility. I remember one time I was praying and I said, Praise God. Do more miracles, God. Do more miracles. I just want to see more miracles. Do more miracles. And God spoke to me, and he said, I'm going to hold you accountable for every miracle you don't do. And I said, whoa, that changes the way I'm thinking. And all at once I thought, maybe I got something to do with this. Maybe it's not just uh, heal that one and touch that one and bless that one and do that. Maybe I've got something to do it. Lead and guide them into all truth. And I mean, we'll, we'll pray for God to cast out the devil. We'll pray for God to heal the sick. But did you ever pray for God to pray, for to pray in tongues for you? Come on now, they're all in the same verse. Yet we'll say, cast out that devil, Lord. Heal that person, Lord. But we never say, Lord, pray in tongues for me today. Because it's your responsibility to... Hallelujah. My goodness sakes, we're drawing animals and everything this morning. This is really something, praise God. Had Mickey Mouse, now we got... Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. So, praise God. Who did he call to do it? Moses. Say Moses. Moses. All right, go to chapter 4, verse 1. Here's the point I'm going to get to. Exodus chapter 4, look at verse 1. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. And they will say, The Lord has not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is in your hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses did what? Fled from it. And the Lord said unto Moses, put forth your hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. Now, what does the rod represent here? The anointing. Say the anointing. Say the Spirit of God. So Moses says, I can't deliver your people. I can't do it. You come down and do it yourself. And God said, no, I've got to use you to do it because I can't. So what does he do? He gives Moses what he needs to do it, the rod or the anointing, which is power. Notice type and shadow of you. He's given you the rod. And notice what happened here. The rod manifested. And what's, what did he do? He yelled, hallelujah, thank you for the rod. Praise God, I've got the power. Can't wait to use the power. No, what did he do? He fled. See, the first time you see something out of the natural in the supernatural or spiritual, you're going to run too. It's just the way our minds are. We don't see this stuff. We don't believe this stuff. This is beyond your natural thinking. And if you don't get beyond your natural thinking, you're going to run from the very thing that God gave you so you could live in victory in your life. I mean, no, Moses needed the rod. He had to have the rod. He needed that rod, but what was he? He was afraid of the supernatural power. And many reasons that people are afraid of the supernatural, in my opinion, was we've been through the charismatic renewal. And in the charismatic renewal that started out good for God, all at once it got a little bit flaky. And we ended up with a bunch of fruits, flakes, and nuts. And all at once there was a certain song that was everything or a certain dance or a certain what you wore is a certain thing. Everything started getting a little flaky in their life rather than just understanding the supernatural is not flaky. 
You understand? It's just a natural way of operating above the natural realm. There doesn't have to be anything really that you see supernatural about it. And that's why you've got to understand that the supernatural will work in your life every single time if you come at it in the name of Jesus and use it in your life. You cannot determine what someone's getting from you laying hands on them just by how they respond to you laying hands on them. Well, I've laid hand on three people and none fell down, none cried, none laughed, none anything. Well, did you pray for crying? Did you say, everybody come up here this morning and everybody want, I'm going to believe everybody's going to fall down, cry, or they're going to laugh? No, you're praying for healing. How many know you can get healed without falling down? How many know you get healed without, without crying? You can get healed without laughing. You can get healed without this stuff. If you're casting the devil out of somebody, they don't have to fall down the floor and wallow around for 45 minutes in order that happen. Now, could it happen? Yes, it could happen, but not every single time it does happen. Sometimes a simple go, and all at once the lights brighten up and they're doing fine, and that do you understand? We, we can't make this too, too spiritual or people get afraid of it. They're afraid of it enough the way it is, the power of God. So here's Moses. Moses is going to deliver all these people out of Egypt. God gives him the thing that he needs to do it, and the first time it operates in power, he runs out the back door and doesn't come back. Now, this is where the church has been now for about 2,000 years. See, we want to operate in the natural. We want to come together. We want to have a little fellowship, which is fine. We want to do this. We want to do that. But things are changing. At least in my spirit, I know they're changing. I mean, it don't matter what you see in the natural realm. When God speaks you in here, it doesn't make a difference what you see on the outside. But there's people being brought up. I don't want to call them a remnant, but there's select people. Oh, man. Who are rising up to be a real live Christian. You know what Christian is? To be Christ-like. I don't see very many Christ-like Christians, so they shouldn't be called Christians because if they're not Christ-like, then they're not Christians. They're born again. So as we operate as Christians, as we operate the way Jesus is, as we operate in the power of God, as we operate with compassion, as we knock down the spirit of fear, as we operate in the things of God, there's going to be a people rise up. And maybe this, you know, everybody's talking about the awakening right now. Or maybe this is the awakening that needs to happen. I don't know, but I've been awake for 20 years. I'm telling you what. When I first started, this is what I wanted to see. I wanted to see signs, wonders, and miracles, and I wanted to see them in my own life. And since I wanted to see them in my own life, I've seen them in my own life. People say, well, you're pastor, that's why. You're really anointed. You're... No, I'm just a person who's believing God for what God promised me to do, and it doesn't matter if you call me pastor, deacon, apostle, whatever you want to call me, the title doesn't change what I believe. Come on, it's what you believe that's going to make a difference in your life. It's what you want to do. And some people repel the power of God so much they're never going to do it. Sometimes we're laying hands up here, and I'll look at somebody, and I'll call them out, and they won't even come up. Because they're afraid of the power of God. Well, I'm not going to call you up unless God tells me to call you up. I'm not in the picking business. See, well, let's see. Let's go back over the record, see who the biggest donor was. I'm going to call them up the next morning. I don't know who's the biggest donor. I don't care. I believe it's probably me. Filled in Jesus' name. See, but you've got to want this stuff. You remember the first time you, you left that denomination church and you actually lifted your hands? You can remember the next time you clapped twice and then put your hands back in your pocket as quick as you could because somebody thought it might be you? Come on, all that stuff is spiritual exercise that you need in your life to go beyond to knock that fear. And why wouldn't you do that stuff? Because you're afraid. Oh, that lady always yells hallelujah. I can't stand her. She yells and yells. Oh, it just gets me when she yells hallelujah. Why can't she go outside and do that? Because you're so far in your head, wouldn't make any difference if she went outside and did it anyway. Come on now. 
I mean, dear Lord, somebody scores a touchdown. We're in a living room. Everybody goes, yeah, and, and nobody says, get out of here. I don't want you yelling anymore. No, we're so naturally minded at different times that that's the way we are. And, and all at once now, we lift our hands, and we don't think anything of it. And we clap, and we don't think anything. And somebody yells hallelujah, and it makes you want to say hallelujah, praise God, when they say it. Because it's a reaction. Why is that? These are spiritual exercises that we can do. I mean, if you want to operate in the things of God, operate in the power, operate in the anointing, set people free, operate at what the Holy Ghost operated in this morning, you're going to have to get by not being able to lift your hands. You know what I mean? I mean, there's times here at the end I'll say, lift your hands for a little bit and, and, and let God touch you. And some people are going. And I go, lift your hands if you want. And I can't even lift your hands to God. The Bible says that men ought to everywhere pray with raised hands. It's simple obedience to the word of God, of what God already put in there. But we're afraid, say afraid. See, we want to live our whole Christian life as good Christians in the bush. God comes around and says, it's clapping time. You say, no, I'm in deeper in the bush. Nobody going to see me clap hands, that's for sure, praise God. They think I'm as nuts as the person inside of me. That's not it, praise God. These are spiritual things. These are biblical things that we do, basically. And if you can't do those things, I'll tell you what, when a devil shows up, you're going to be like Moses. You're going to run scared, basically, because something supernatural came into your life and you were not ready for it whatsoever. So we want to grow up in the spiritual. We want to grow up in the supernatural. We want to grow up into that realm. We want to grow up into the faith realm where we believe that everything in this book, and we say it all the time, I believe everything in this book. Well, you probably don't believe nothing in the book when you go back and look at the whole thing. Praise God. Are you casting out devils? Are you healing the sick? I mean, are you operating in the power of God? Do you hear the Spirit of God on the inside of you? Do you flow in the things of the Spirit? Do you do anything? Or do you just come? See, and all this stuff you're going to learn a little bit at a time. You're going to grow into this stuff. The more you grow, the more you flow. No question about it. And the more you'll yield to the Spirit of God and do what He wants you to do. And I mean, if you can't even lift your hands... What, what are you going to do when he tells you to come up front and start calling people out and he's going to give you a word for them? Well, you can't even clap your hands yet. My God, you ain't going to do that. You could stand there shaking. I remember when we went to the prayer meeting then, we went back to the prayer meeting, and we went there, and we were there, and we were there, and about the third meeting we were there after we decided to give it another shot. I was sitting in the back, and all at once they were up front, and all at once I was sitting there, and I was going, I thought, I thought, what the heck? These people must be possessed. I'm having a heart attack here in this place. And I didn't understand what it was, so I left it with Becky, and I said, I don't know what happened there, but man, my heart went nuts, and I mean, I'm not that old. I shouldn't be dying yet. I don't know if they're going to have to do open-heart surgery on me or what they're going to do on me. And I, and I go back the next time, and I'd sit there, and all at once, I'm saying, my God, I don't know what's going on here. I had no idea. Nobody ever told me about the anointing. Nobody ever told me that the Spirit of God lived on the inside of me. Nobody ever told me about it. I could operate in things. Nobody ever told me I could preach. Nobody ever told me I could. Nobody ever told me anything. So finally, at one time, it was beaten, and I went up front, and I don't know what I was going to say. At first, I was going to accuse them of making people sick that got there. And when I got up there, the, the one guy said, well, that's the Spirit of God on the inside of you, and he wants you to talk and testify to what God has done in your life. So, you know, I took the microphone, and, of course, I'd never spoken in front of people before. I dropped out of speech class because I was not going to do that when I was in high school. And he gave me the microphone, and I got up there, and I mean, the sweat. It's amazing how much you can sweat when it's not hot. <laughs> Did you ever notice that? 
you could be at 40 below zero, but if the pressure's on, well, you got sweat dripping off you every, I mean, every place, praise God. And I'm just sweating, and he hands me that microphone, and I, I start, well, uh, and a little lady in the front row, Edith, sitting in the front row, just stopped, closed her eyes, went, what was she trying to do? Help me get through it. Help me get through the fear that was there, the what was there. So I went ahead and I shared that time, and, and then I'd go back to the meeting, and I'd be there a couple times, and nothing happened, and all at once, here it come again. I'd say, oh, no, 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 no. And I'd start doing it again, and I'd get up, and I'd give whatever little scripture the Lord gave me at that time. It had an anointing on it. It was touching people. God was showing me little by little. Say little by little. See, you're not going to get called tomorrow to go to Kenny Copeland's conference next month and be on the stage with everybody there. You do this a little bit at a time. And God does it that way. And one of the reasons he does it that way is because you have a spirit of love on the inside of you. And he wants everything that you do in the spirit to have the motive of love. Because if not, and you start operating a supernatural, you won't be in love. You'll be in famous attitude. Come on now. If I could just open one pair of blind eyes. Ooh, the whole world going to know me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, now we got different things. We got Facebook and we got all this other stuff. And you do Facebook and you get so many views and you get so many likes. And I, I don't care if I get 200 likes or 900. I want to know if I'm touching any, actually touching anybody. I mean, is anybody changing? Is anybody something happening to people out there who we don't know? Is, is it doing something to someone? Is somebody, you know, contact me back and say, hey, that changed my life. Hey, that was a good one. We went to, uh, went golfing at Gator Trace the other day and, uh, we stopped in to eat lunch in between nines, and Maddie was there. Remember Maddie? Maddie used to come here a long time ago, sit back there with uh, James's mom. Ann. Yeah, remember Maddie? Well, Maddie works at Gator Trace. She hasn't come in a long time because she's working all the time there at Gator Trace. But we ran into her there, and she saw us and came over and said, hey, I haven't seen you guys. And, of course, she said, oh, I said, don't worry about it. You know, she said, but I know you're online now, and I'm listening to you online. And she said, last week's sermon just really touched me. I, didn't, I listened to it. It was powerful. On my Well, so you don't know, see? You don't know for sure. You just obey what God's doing. Do I know if anything I said this morning made sense to anybody I said it to? No. If it did, it did. If it didn't, it didn't. I just did what the Holy Ghost wants, and that's all there is to it. Praise God. And there'll probably be another opportunity to do it again sometime or something else will happen. All you need to do is learn to flow with what God wants to do in your life every single day of the week. You're going to run into people that need a word, and you've got the truth. All you need to do is speak the truth. Sometime you don't have to lay hands, do anything. Just bring the truth of God into somebody's life, and you'll change it. So I believe right now there is a there is a group of people, I don't know, remnant, whatever, who are finally going to come up, and we are going to see not only major worship things, praise things, this thing, but we are going to see the power of God manifested like never before. Because if the devil wants to manifest all the time, it's time to counteract with something bigger than the devil and stronger than the devil and something that will override the devil in everybody's life, praise God. And that is the power of God. We just can't sit back and say, well, the devil's doing this, and the devil's doing that, and look at that devil over there doing this. And then, well, start doing something about it in your own little quarter. How about it? Come on, if everybody in this place would start operating the power of God, we'd have 100 people by next week totally changed, healed, and delivered in their life, praise God. And then those 100 will deliver another 100 and another 100. That's the way it's going to be. It's not going to be one guy. We've got to get off this one guy attitude. Brother 
brother Bobby's got a big, big revival going on. Everybody runs to that big revival, and there it is. And three weeks later, he thinks he's famous and ends up having an affair. And the whole church goes back down to where they were to begin with. That's because you can't expect one man. Hallelujah. You got to expect it. You got you to worship God rather than a man. Let me just put it that way. See? can't do that you can honor a man you can thank a man you can grow under the man but when it comes to who you really need it's God it's not him praise God all the time so so praise God it's going to be more of a it's going to be more of an undercover operation yeah yeah it's not going to be this great big convention center where everybody's filled but people are going to be out there undercover we're going to be Holy Ghost agents out there nobody even knows who you are and they sit down aside, even though I want to say, my God, I'm getting goosebumps for some reason. And you're going, yep. That's, that's right. That's just a start, brother. I got bigger bumps than that coming at you, praise God. See, what are we doing? We're changing things. We believe who we are. We sing that song, I know who I am. When you start knowing who you are and start believing who you are, you're expecting something from God all the time to manifest or move in his life, praise God. And the power of God's there. And we're going to see it happen. I'm telling you what. And I'll tell you what, the best part about the whole thing that I found out is God doesn't choose, you choose. You choose if you want to be part of it. He doesn't, he's not handpicking, saying, well, you're going to be that way, and you're going to be that way. You're going to be that way. I don't like them. You're going to be that way. No, he doesn't do that. He's saying, will you come into the realm that I want you to come in with you? Get serious with me. Will you want more of me more than anything else? Will you allow the glory of God to flow through you? Will you give me the glory rather than yourself give you the glory? Will you operate in the love of God so that my power can flow through you and touch the hearts and lives of men? Will you do that for me? And your simple is yes, and then you follow what God wants you to do. You press in and you start doing the things of God and you start growing in the things of God. If you've been complacent for a long time, it's time to become uncomplacent. This is the time right now. I'm telling you what, things are changing. They're changing spiritually. They're changing physically. They're changing in this country. They're changing all over the world. There is a major adjustment going on. I believe, I believe God the chiropractor has showed up. And he's starting to crack a few necks. Come on, crack a few backs. Put that knee back in place, praise God. Get those fingers working again, glory to God. And, and he probably wants this to get working again. See this mouth of ours, what a, what a marvelous thing he's given us there, you know. Praise God. And most of the time we use it to be criticized, mad, scream, holler, spit at, holler at. And that's not what he gave us that thing for, praise God. He gave us, like David said, may the words of my mouth and the meditations in my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O God. Why? Because we want to make a difference in our life. So, you know, Wednesday night we got off into preaching basically hunger. That's where we're going went again this morning. Uh, but I'm telling you what, you can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. You can walk in the Spirit as much as you want to walk in the Spirit, praise God. Now, there's special, of course, there is special anointings on special people to do special things, but basically, that's not for me, it's for you. See, the gift that God placed on me doesn't really help me. The words that I gave people this morning didn't do anything for me. The gift that he gave me is to help other people, basically, by the anointing that he put on me to do it. And basically, it starts with love. And that's why the ministry is so great, because who in their right mind is going to get up every morning at 5 o'clock, read the Bible till 7 o'clock, go to work at 8, get home at 7 o'clock at night, eat supper, go to bed, get up the next day, go at 5 o'clock in the morning and read the Bible. T try to understand the Bible, unless you actually are going to be used because you love other people. Are you following me? That's the only thing that would drive you to do that. You have to be insane to do that. 
But that's what it's all about. It's all about love. It's all about loving other people. It's all about setting other people free. When you see people, praise God, who are bound, there should be a love of God well up on the inside of you, saying they shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be like that. That's a devil. A man I don't like it. I don't. And we don't operate out of emotions. We operate strictly out of what the Word of God tells us we can do. It's say, lay hands on the sick, and they shall re cover so if that's going to happen then i'm going to lay hands on people whether they fall down jump up and down spit holler fall doesn't make any difference healing praise god is what they need just minister the truth hey god wants you healed he healed you two thousand years ago i'm going to lay hands on you and when i do you are going to be healed and if they believe that you do it that's it come on he went to the blind man he said do you believe i'm able to do this and how many know if they just said no he wouldn't have did it come on do you believe i'm able to do this i'll give you one more hallelujah I'm not being derogatory. I'm just telling you what happened. One time we were praying for people who basically needed healing, and they were coming up, and I was laying hands on them, laying hands on them, laying hands on them, and somebody came up, and I detected that they just didn't have enough faith right then or belief in God or whatever, and I just said, do you believe that I'm able to do this for you? And he said, no, I believe Jesus is able to do this for me. And it just came out of my mouth. I said, go get in his prayer line. When it came out of my mouth, I thought, dear Jesus, that was sharp. But notice, if they're not going to believe in the anointing on your life that God gave you to set them free, then why come up to try to receive the anointing that God placed on your life? Look what Jesus said all the time. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Well, I got news for you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He preached it all over. He didn't preach the Spirit of the Lord isn't God in heaven or him, but on him. So notice as you start to realize the anointing's on you to do these things. It's on the inside of you that you have the ability to release that anointing in you and on you, praise God. You'll start releasing that anointing and start believing in that anointing. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2, that it can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you ask or think. Now, how many of you know that our minds aren't very big yet? But how many know they can get a lot bigger as you meditate on the word of God and see things. That's why meditation is so important in your life. If you've never meditated the Bible, start. I don't care if you do it five minutes a day. Just close your eyes, read a story about healing the leper or whatever. Close your eyes basically and see yourself. There I go. Here comes the leper. Here he comes. Will I do this? Yes, I will. Praise God. I want to do this. Be healed. Hallelujah. The guy gets healed and you move. What's that doing? It's building on the inside of you what you need in order to operate in the things of the Spirit. Don't let the little distractions keep throwing you off. Many of the things you worry about, get all distracted about, really aren't worth the fight anyway in the fuss. Just leave them go, praise God. Continue to walk in love with everybody else. If nobody else wants to walk in love, you walk in love. He never said walk in love with everybody that loves you. Matter of fact, he said love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Come on now. And that's what we need to do. We're going to have to walk in a little bit of character before we walk in this stuff, praise God. And now's the time to build that character. And the best part about that is you have every day to practice your character. Driving home, I guarantee you, driving home from church, you'll have an opportunity. Go out for lunch today and have that waitress who never shows up, and you'll have an opportunity. Get your food, and it's terrible, and you'll have an opportunity to build on that character on the inside. James says, count it all joy when trials and things come your way. Why, it's another chance to build your character up on the things of God. So hallelujah. Um, I just want you to know there's big things coming. I know there's big things coming for me. I don't know about you, but I know there's big things coming for me because my mind is being expanded and expanded and expanded and expanded. And the best part is the bigger my mindset gets, the bigger yours gets because I can draw you right into that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, jump up this morning.
I God, we went till twelve thirty anyway. I tried to keep that short. Did you jump up, honey? I didn't want watching. Did you obey me and jump up? <laughs> oh Lord, Lord. Oh, just if you want to lift your hands this morning. How's that? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make anybody this morning. I'm not gonna do it. Praise God. Hallelujah, Father. We just love you this morning. We just thank you for creating us, putting us on earth at this time. We thank you that you took us out of the miry clay we were stuck in, whether it had been 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, or whatever. You brought us out of there by your spirit and truth. And now we thank you for the spirit of God that you've placed on the inside of each and every person here. We thank you that he is the power of God. He is the wisdom of God. He is our spiritual guide. He is our everything. Holy Spirit, we just release our lives to you. We thank you for expanding our thought life. We thank you for revealing more and more of the word of God to us. We want to fulfill everything that you have placed us here on the earth to do in our time frame. We want to get to the people that you've designed for us to get to. We want to speak the right words at the right time. We just want to walk in the total things of God. Father, we thank you for a knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We thank you that we walk worthy unto you, Lord, to one pleasing, and we thank you that we will be and are fruitful in every good work that you give us to do. And we thank you that there's not only 10% victory, 20% victory, but we belong to Treasure Coast 100% Victory Center all the time. We thank you for calling us, setting us apart, and using us now in this day and hour. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, we will see you Wednesday night, 730. the kingdom.